Hello, and welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. I'm Pastor Joshua Kirtenbach, and today we are celebrating the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. The Holy Gospel for this morning is according to St. Mark, chapter 7. Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hands on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven he sighed and said to him, Ephaphtha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. And the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. During the days of the prophet Elijah, when the Lord had caused a drought and famine in the land to show the people of Israel that Baal, the Canaanite god of rain and fertility of the earth, was powerless and empty, Elijah was sent to Zarephath to stay with the Canaanite widow. During his stay, the Lord miraculously provided for her and her son, and even raised her son from the dead when he died, and he brought them to the true faith by Elijah. In the days of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was in the region of Tyre, after spending some time there and had healed the daughter of a Syrophoenician woman on account of her faith, our Lord Jesus Christ began his return. However, he did not turn south from Tyre towards Galilee proper. Instead, he went north through Sidon. In order to go to Sidon from Tyre, he would have needed to travel through Zarephath. After reaching Sidon, he turned east to go around Galilee in order to go to the region of the Decapolis, on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. This route avoids the traditional Jewish territories and instead travels in the territory which had mostly Gentiles, with only some Jewish settlements or enclaves in larger centers. In doing so, he is preparing his disciples for the mission after his death and resurrection where they would not only preach the gospel to the Jews in Judea and Galilee, but also to the Samaritans, and to the Gentiles throughout the world. For the saving work of Christ is not only for the Jewish people, God's people of old, but for all the world. He demonstrates this in these miracles, and saving acts in the same region which the prophet Elijah worked. First the healing of the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman, then in making the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Thus, in these lands devoid of faith, thirsty for the grace of God, he makes there to be springs of water, that is, faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. For none, no matter how far off or how close, are outside of the scope of the saving work of our Lord Jesus Christ. All have sinned, and so he comes for all and dies for all and rises for all. But just because the scope of his saving work is so great, does not mean that he does not know or care for the individual. For when he had reached the region of the Decapolis, the crowd brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay hands on him. This man was not mute, as is sometimes said, but had a devastating speech impediment, so that he could not speak clearly or be understood. His deafness was probably not from birth, 
but the result of a disease which caused both his hearing loss and his speech impediment. Our Lord Jesus Christ desires to deal with this man in a personal manner, in a way that he can understand. He does not hear how could he know what is happening. And so our Lord takes him aside from the crowd privately, so that it is just the two of them, and he cannot be distracted by the crowd. See how the actions of our Lord are all deliberately chosen in order to show the man who cannot hear him what he is going to do, to show him to expect healing from the one in front of him. First he puts his fingers into his ears, to show him that he will be healing his deafness. Then he spit, and while this may seem odd to us, in both rabbinic traditions and in Greek thought, spittle was believed to have healing properties. And so Jesus, spitting before touching his tongue, was a way of showing this man that he would heal both his ears and his tongue which he had touched. But it is not these actions in and of themselves which heal the man. Rather, it is the almighty and powerful word of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man, who, looking up to heaven, sighed and said to him, Ephaphtha, an Aramaic word which means be opened. Immediately, the man's ears were opened, and he was able to hear for the first time in many years. Immediately his tongue was released, and he began to speak plainly. By a word, after carefully demonstrating to his man that he would heal him, our Lord Jesus Christ undoes the effects of sin which have manifested in his body. For sinful flesh, fallen flesh, is liable to corruption and disease. All sickness, while not caused by a specific sin, is one of the effects of sin, of the fall. And our Lord came into the flesh in order to redeem us from sin, from the fall, so that those who believe in him, who are forgiven and justified, will live in the new creation and experience the fullness of our uncorrupted and purified nature, free of any defect or, sin, or effects of sin, just as his flesh is. And our Lord Jesus Christ, as he deals with this man in the region of the Decapolis personally, so too he deals with us. When you were baptized, you were brought to the font, so that he might lay hands on you. For while you were alive, you were spiritually dead, unable and unwilling to hear and un able and unwilling to speak the praises of your Creator. So in the waters of baptism you are cleansed not by mere water, but by the word of our God which was working in and with the water. For our Lord has connected a promise to the waters of baptism. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And so he granted you faith, that you may trust his promises, and receive the forgiveness of sins, the new life which he brings. Due to the corruption of our humanity by the fall into sin, the sinful nature does not desire to attend or meditate upon God's word. And so the Lord has said to you, Be opened, and he has opened your ears, so that in the new life which you now have in him, you may instead desire to hear, accept, attend, and meditate upon his holy word, both in the form of the scriptures, which you may read and which are read publicly in your hearing, but also in preaching, which takes this word and applies it to you because you have been brought to life by his Holy Spirit, and live as a new creation. The Spirit urges you to hear the word, to treasure it, to read and accept it. For the words of our Lord are powerful, and they bring about what they say, and they strengthen those who trust in him according to his promises. And our Lord speaks to you personally in the absolution. Sins confessed are not confessed to the pastor, but to God himself, who is using the man as his instrument to bring about his will of forgiving his children, releasing their burdened consciences of guilt, so that they may know the forgiveness of the Lord applies to them too.
for he does not want his children to live in guilt and shame, but in his love and knowledge of his forgiveness which he freely gives by faith in his Son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life and died in the place of sinners, so that those who trust in him receive his forgiveness and the newness of life. And he has released our tongues, for they were once in bondage to sin and the devil. But he has released them so that those who believe in him may freely praise and worship him, and may receive the very body and blood of the Savior who died for them. Yes, our mouths were once an open grave, but now the Lord himself comes to us in the sacrament of the altar to give to us his body and blood which we receive in our mouths, so that we may receive his body and blood, trusting in his saving work for us. We are forgiven, strengthened, and renewed, both in faith towards him and in fervent love towards one another. And see the results of our Lord's salvation which he delivered in such a personal way to this man. They were astonished beyond measure. They were amazed to see that he was speaking clearly. They had brought the man to Jesus, hoping for him to lay hands on him, to bless him. But instead they see a great miracle, as the kingdom of God and the new creation begin to break into the world, as the effects of sin are undone before them. And while he charged them to tell no one, the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. They cannot help but tell everyone what he has done, and in doing so tell the world that the prophecies of the Messiah and of his coming are coming to pass. Be strong, do not fear, the Lord says through Isaiah. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. In Christ we are new creations. We who were dead in trespasses and sins have been made alive by the Spirit. We who are unrighteous, who are ungodly, who could do nothing to be made right with God, have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. And so because we have been justified by faith, because we have been made alive by the Holy Spirit and have received new impulses which seek not to follow our own wills but the will of God, we are active in good works. For a living faith is not idle, but active in good works, active in loving our neighbor and serving them in acts of love which flow from faith in the shape of our vocation by the Ten Commandments. And because we have been made alive in Christ, because we have been saved by him, we worship him and proclaim him that he has done though and what he has done to those around us. The crowd in the Decapolis proclaimed Christ for witnessing a saving act. So too we ought to proclaim him for what we have received, because we have received the benefits of his saving work, of his perfect life, and his self-giving death on the cross for us. May we always sing with tongues unbound. He has done all things well to save us, even bringing the dead to life and making the spiritually deaf hear the words of eternal life. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for our sermon this morning from our Savior Lutheran Church. We pray that this would be a blessing to you and that you may have a blessed week. And now... May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.